Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I am your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with the winning goaltender from the FDNY-NYPD game that we all watched on ESPN a few weeks back, from 29 truck of the FDNY goaltender Kurt Flume. Kurt and I talked about sharing a teammate, the big game that we all watched, and his background in hockey. So, without Further ado, let's get to the conversation with Kurt. Kurt, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'm uh, excited to get you on, and thanks to uh, my former teammate, your current teammate, Jim Becker of uh, Engine 309. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Jim's a Jim's a good guy. So yeah. It's hard to find Jimmy without a, a smile on his face when he's on the ice or in the, in the locker room. Yeah, well, you just got to see him coach a couple of might practices and, and I'll change. <laughs> yeah, there, there goes the smile, right? That, that, uh, that smile of his is probably the, the one thing most people think of first when they think of Jimmy, I, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know, that or if uh, your, your police counterpart, Mike Nano, he probably thinks about that's the guy that ran into me in the uh, game. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, that was pretty vicious. Uh, so I'm glad that Nano was all right uh, yeah. after that collision. But we all know that, you know, there was no intention there by Jim. So. Yeah, he, he clearly uh, got pushed and just lost his edge in that one. But it was just one of those uh, situations where uh, it, it could have led to one of the many brawl, well, I shouldn't call them brawls, but one of the many uh, gatherings on the ice that happened yeah, in that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Jim's not a good skater, so it makes sense. <laughs> well, I, I won't tell him you said that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the podcast, it's about goaltending, and I, I like to talk to goalies of all ages and skill levels. In fact, when I started uh, a little over a year ago, I, I think I reached out to somebody on the uh, FDNY hockey team saying, Hey, I'd love to talk to your goalies and whatever reason never, never happened. And, uh, finally I thought, you know what, why don't I reach out to Jimmy and see, see if he can help me out here. And I think timing is uh, perfect since, uh, you guys were just on, uh, ESPN of all channels playing the, the cops in the annual hockey game. Uh, yeah. always, always fun. And be, before we get into the police fire games and all that, how did you get started in hockey in the first place? So, I mean, to be honest, like, my parents had no background in hockey. They both grew up on Long Island. Um, so, you know, I was born in 87, so the Islanders just finished up their, their you know, unreal four-year run of, of cups. Yeah. So my dad definitely got into hockey at that point. But, like, he didn't know how to skate, or <laughs> neither did my mom. Neither one of them had really been to an ice rink. So, uh yeah, I think that because the Islanders run, my dad got into hockey, then he had me, he had my brother in 86 and then me, and, um, you know, he just got us into the game, and, and we fell with it right away. Um, you know, we were watching on TV, and I would be always mesmerized by the goalies, and specifically, like, the goalie helmets and all. It just drew me right in, so I was uh, – you know, I started pretty early playing goal and when I was five. So, so you get into the game because the yeah, Islanders. And side note: Did Jimmy ever tell you that one of our teammates in college was uh, Brian Trottier Jr.? No, he never told me that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, Trotch was a uh, very quiet, uh, understated kid. In fact, I ran into him two years ago at uh, the baseball fields. Our our kids were playing against each other, and I see a kid with uh, number nineteen on the back of his jersey, and then I see the last name. I go, "Well, that's got to be Trotch's kid." Sure yeah. enough, it was. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. So it, it sounds like it was really just you know that I, I would say like you see a lot of kids in Chicago right now that are in the game. The the, te- the hometown team was playing good, and it's, therefore you, you had the uh, exposure to the team, and you're like, "Yeah, I, I want to try this out." So. Yeah. What, what 
drew you to the position of goaltender then? Yeah, it was, like I said, it was definitely like the, the equipment I thought was so cool. I loved how, you know, each goal you had like a bit of a unique helmet, uh, some different equipment. And then, I mean, that even, that took off even more as, uh, as we got older, obviously the customization of the equipment just got out of control. <laughs> um, that was definitely what drew me to the position. I, you know, I had a, my brother that was about a year older than me. So I was an easy target to just throw a net and then, uh, and just shoot pucks at. So, but I mean, I, I was just, I'd be in summer camp and, you know, in forward gear and kept jumping in the net. So it definitely, uh, kind of forced my parents' hand to, <laughs> to buy me the goalie gear and, and they knew nothing about, uh, you know, how new parents are when it comes to goaltending. It's like, you don't know which leg to put the pants yeah, they, on. They so, don't know what they're in for. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they learned pretty quick and, uh, yeah, it just took off from there. So. Yeah. My, my dad always said, uh, I, he wishes I would have stuck with soccer and had I, he would have bought me a brand new pair of the top of the line cleats every year. And uh, yeah. I, I know he's lying because he, he loves the game. I mean, all yeah. these years later, he still has the NHL ticket so he can watch every game he possibly can, but he just, oh, you know, nice. jokes and, you know, his luck would have it. I, I've told the story on the podcast, my very first squirt tryout, it was really an evaluation more than a tryout. And they were looking for goalies. And one of his uh, buddies from the firehouse, Mr. Carboneau brings me over the goalie gloves after I raised my hand. It's like, here you go. And I think he looked at my dad and started laughing in the stands like, oh, you don't know what yeah. you're in for. Because yeah, <laughs> once no the kid puts yeah. the gloves on, he, he's hooked. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was one of those. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So. so you wind up catching the bug playing playing hockey. I'm assuming you played through high school because I, I, I did my homework. So you played some college hockey at the ACHA level. So what, what was that hockey journey like growing up? Um, you know how it is. It, it's kind of turns into like your whole world when you're into it, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you, you have your school front. Well, it's probably a little different out by you, but on Long Island, you know, school and hockey are kind of separate. Yeah. Uh, travel hockey is one thing. And then, you know, uh, high school hockey is a little bit at a lower level. Um, at least when I was younger. So, you know, I had my school friends and I was pretty close with them, but you, you're just always a little closer with your, your hockey friends just because I think all the, uh, all the sweat and, uh, and work that you put in together kind of brings you together a little bit more in the mm-hmm. hockey tournaments and the, and the time you spend in hotels and all that stuff. So giving up that, that spare time uh, on the weekends to, to you know, travel wherever the heck you're traveling to. Uh, it just brings everyone together a little bit more. So, you know, I played throughout high school and, um, you know, continued on to through through uh, college. And I started out at Hobart for – I was there for two years. I didn't play for the D3 team there. But, um, you know, I had a lot of good friends up there and wound up transferring down to Delaware and, and played there. And still have a couple of my best friends that are, you know, I played with at, at the university of Delaware. So it's a, uh, it's been a journey and definitely wouldn't trade it you know, for anything else. You, all the time spent, uh, you know, in the car traveling around or whatever and mm-hmm. giving up some party time, but it's, uh, it's all worth it in the end. You know? Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that time, you know, in the car and, you know, I, like Jimmy, I grew up in Chicago, so hockey is a little more like New York and Chicago as it is where I am now in Minnesota, where, you know, your hockey association isn't connected to the school until we get to high school. So, yeah, you had your school friends, you had your hockey friends, yep. and your hockey friends just got you on a different level. It, it, it's cool. a completely different uh, atmosphere. You know, growing up, my dad was a Chicago fireman for close to 30 years, and went to the firehouse every chance I got. And the, the closest thing that I can, I ever found to a hockey locker room was the firehouse. Yep, There's just, absolutely. it, it uh, I, I've said it to a few people and it's the, the way you pick on each other. You know, if, if you're that guy in the <laughs> locker room or at the firehouse and you're not getting picked on, you better worry because that means people don't like you. <laughs> something's off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah something's yeah. off. But at the same time, you know, either when you hit the height, hit the ice or when the bells go off you guys are all the you're all in it together and everybody yeah. knows that 
Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, like we were saying, it's just a different bond that you have with your hockey friends growing up. You know, most kids don't know really about like the four or 5 a.m. time slots that you're going to the rink and, you know, just hopefully you can sneak a shower in before you go to school or else <laughs> it might be a long day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember uh, the association I played for. Every team had to have one. Uh, I think it was like a four or five a.m. practice a year. But then they always schedule you for another practice or a game later that day. So when we had that one to one year, I don't think any of us took our equipment off. We just all went over to the Bob Evans and full equipment, you know, because we were squirts eating our yes. breakfast. And the, the poor waitress had to just hated the smell. But you know, we're all there with our dads. It was just it's one of those memories you have. Yeah. Those yeah. early morning practices, bringing the Dunkin' Donuts with if it's your turn. And yeah. so after college, uh, you wind up on the New York, New York Fire Department. Uh, what made you want to be a fireman? So I had a, a couple uncles that were on the job um, that I always looked up to. And they always seemed to just kind of be pretty, just happy and just, you know, real content with their lives and, and I knew I wanted something that was, uh, you know, competitive and, and you kind of, like you were saying, the, the environment, the firehouse is just so similar to that hockey locker type of uh, scene. And, you know, I had the opportunity. I worked for my dad for a couple of years after um, after college. I did maybe a, a sales job for about a year, then worked for my dad. And then I had the opportunity to take the entrance exam for the fire department. And I think I took it in 2012. Uh, luckily I did really well. And I got called, um, I got called in 2014, which is pretty quick yeah. <laughs> considering um, for the fire for New York city. So, you know, I got in the Academy in 2014 and uh, in the dead of winter, it was absolutely freezing, but made it through. And, you know, that was another great experience where you developed some, you know, lifelong bonds with uh, some some of the fellow probies. And, yeah. And yeah, then I got to the firehouse in May 2014. Uh, I'm in Ladder 2-9 uh, in the South Bronx. And, um, yeah, so it just kind of all worked out as best as I could have hoped. And I couldn't be happier where I'm at, so. That's awesome. It, I, I was wondering if it was one of those, you know, the, the family business uh, stories. And it so, sounds like it was, you know, maybe dad was not, but you, you had enough of the family members. I, I look at my family, there's my dad, my uncle, who actually introduced my dad to my mom, because they were on before dad got on Chicago, he was in the suburbs, and he introduced me to my mom. And he is my dad jokes, he hasn't forgiven him yet. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a cousin on the job. Uh, I had another cousin who didn't make it through uh, candidate school. I had a great uncle, my dad's cousin over in England. It was like, you could just go through the family tree and there there's apples yeah. falling all, all over the place into the yeah. firehouse. Um, uh, when I was graduating high school, it had been about five or six years since Chicago gave an exam. So I told my dad, I was like, let me know when they're given an exam. And of course, rumor had it, it was going to be within the year. So went through four years of college got married. And then, uh, it was about two, three years after we got married, my dad goes, Hey, they're, uh, giving an exam. And I went, that's great. But, uh, we, we just bought a house and found out my wife is pregnant. So this isn't a good time to take the Chicago exam. And then, uh, it was another gosh, yeah. eight or nine years before they gave their next, next exam. And, uh, we happened to be on wow. a Disney cruise with mom and dad, when they were going to be given the exam. So I looked at dad and said, yep, it's just fate telling me it's not in the cards not, for yeah, not meant to be. Yeah. And th then I took uh St. Paul's test cause they were giving it here and St. Paul's. Yeah. I think they take 30 guys a year if that. Wow. So I, I didn't live in the city. I didn't have veteran status and I didn't have uh minority status. So I lost 15 points before I even wrote my name in. So I knew chances yeah, were yeah. slim there. And I wound up landing 777 on the list. And one of my buddies who's also on uh, another kid grew up in Chicago, but he's in New York now, Todd Yankowski. He goes, oh, 777. That's great. He goes, I, I landed like 15,000 and I'm, I'm yeah. on the job. It's like, Todd, <laughs> they don't take yeah. as many guys 
in a class, yet alone in a year here. And he goes, oh, well, then you probably won't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? exactly. No, I was going to say, yeah, 777 would be a, that'd be a pretty good number for New York. But Yeah, uh, I, I think 2,000 people or 2,500 people wound up taking that test. And that was like record numbers at the time for wow. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after you get on the fire department, you, you find out they have a hockey team. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people think that when they think of the FDNY and NYPD hockey game, they're, they're picturing just a bunch of beer leaguers out there having some fun. And, and I know that's not the case. There, there's a lot of really talented hockey players and you don't just raise your hand and say, Hey, I'm over here. I want to play. They have tryouts. They have practice. You know, how, how did you find out about the team? First of all, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how I found out. I, I, I remember. So at the time I was coaching travel hockey, uh, in the city of Chelsea Piers, And the guy that was running that organization was pretty close with um, one of the players on the uh, fire department team, Derek Kern, who's uh, one of our um, long, long time players and, and managers too. So uh, he put me in touch with Derek. And uh, I think I actually had missed the first week of tryouts. I was like a little worried about that, <laughs> but uh they were also playing in the Chelsea Piers uh, men's league at the time. So I kind of got a chance to like see some of the guys around the rink when we had a practice. And um, yeah, I went down to tryout and it, and it went well and been on the team ever since. So come, I think that was, it's going to be like eighth season this, this year. So yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, that, the FDNY team does play in men's leagues, but you guys also go to tournaments and whatnot. It, it's not just a get together for one, one game a year. You, you guys are together for the year and you play pretty competitively at the same yeah. time. Yeah. We, um, so we play in men's leagues. Um, this past year, we actually, we're going to probably move from outside. Um, so, yeah, we play in men's leagues in this past year since the game was going to be in the fall for the first time. Um, we were playing in the Long Island League um, over the summer, which I'm sure you know, like, summer leagues are a little bit more like another level because you have so many college kids that come home and play in those leagues. Yep. So, uh, you know, this past summer, some of the uh, highest quality hockey that we got a chance to play in against some real you know real skilled players uh but yeah normally even like past years we play in the chelsea peers league and you know obviously a lot of uh college hockey players end up finding their way to new york city one way or another and like that league is real high end uh throughout the year we, we make trips to toronto to play other fire departments and uh, believe it or not, Canada firemen are pretty good at hockey too. <laughs> um, so those are always always fun and uh, highly competitive. And one other, we've been going out to to Colorado the last couple of years, which has been incredible. Playing some um, semi pro teams out there uh, in Vail. Um, so yeah, throughout the year we're we're practicing once a week. We're making trips all over. We're playing in men's leagues and. Uh, yeah, really getting ready for that one game. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of dedication, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned that they moved the the timing for the game this year to the fall. Was that to coincide with the 20th anniversary of 9/11, or was there other reasons for it? Yeah, the main reason was. Uh, well, the game in 2020 got canceled, right? Yeah. COVID, obviously. Um, then it was kind of so so uncertain still in 2021. Like normally we'd be playing in March or April and it, things were still up in the air. And uh, so nothing came about last spring. So then over the summer, you know, I guess talks began between, you know, the two the leadership between NYPD and our, and our team. And it just kind of made sense and it, and it came together and the garden was able to accommodate us. And obviously ESPN were, uh, did a great job getting us on TV and, and the commentators were awesome. And 
yeah, they were able to make it work for the 20th anniversary, you know, a couple of days before the actual date. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely a little more unique than, than normal. Like, it's always fun to be playing at the Garden with a great crowd. But this year was just that much more special. So, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned the ESPN crew and uh, more than one occasion they mentioned on how good the hockey is hockey was you know it, it was uh much better than i think the average viewer was expecting it I, even spit and chicklets mentioned how great the hockey was like it, it wasn't just uh you know watching live barn of the local men's league it, it, this was some good good hockey and I, I think part of what makes that game uh such good hockey is that rivalry between the police and fire i mean police and fire it's kind of like big brother little brother rivalry wherever you are but there's just something about that new york police fire rivalry that goes a little bit deeper Um, (laughs) what is what is it that makes that rivalry so heated well i mean it's been going on for so long now i think we're up to i want to say like 52 years now that we've Mm -hmm. played 52 games against each other um so it's been more than that because we played each other outside like the big game every year. But as for the big game, yeah, it's been like 52 games and, you know, it all started from the guys that um, started that out that long ago. And it's just built and, you know, the support that we get from our respective departments and the fans is just, it's unbelievable. So that's probably the biggest thing that adds to it because, you know, we could we could play the game every year and obviously be intense, but you know, when it's in front of thousands of, of screaming fans that are it's like a fifty fifty split between each mm-hmm. side, it makes it that much more intense and uh feels like that much more on the line, you know. So I think that the fans are like the biggest reason it's it's turned into what it has. And then obviously just the, the skill level has improved over the years, but mm-hmm. um yeah, without the guys that first started out, you know, 50 plus years ago and the uh, and the rabid fan base that each team has, it would be it wouldn't be uh, as big as it is now for sure. Well, and taking that a bit further, you know, you mentioned this rivalry is, you know, 50 years old. We'll, we'll just say because we like round numbers and goalies aren't yeah. great with math because we don't like counting <laughs> up goals. Um <laughs> But 20 years ago, the game took on a new meaning and a new purpose and that it wasn't just a game. It was a charity game to help families of fallen, you know, first responders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's maybe what makes it all the more special in recent years and uh, maybe leading to a few more of those uh, fights that happen or, 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 you know, we'll call them gatherings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and I, I think that's what's really special about it is, you know, you guys aren't just getting together to, you know, get bragging rights for when you guys are out on the scene of something like, hey, yeah, remember when, when we beat you guys at the Garden? It, it's it's about more than that, you know. Uh, your jer- The jerseys, the helmets, your mask from the game, all of those things were being auctioned off, and it wasn't to, you know, help fund you guys to play in your leagues or go out to your tournaments. It was for charity, and I, I think that's what really makes it special um, that, you know, you, you guys are just doing something fun that helps raise money for a fantastic cause, um, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, you hit the nail on the head. So it's, yeah, uh, that's definitely a huge aspect of, of why we do it. And uh, kind of with, with that said, like, again, it's the fans that, you know, buy the tickets to the game and buy the merchandise and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we sell journal ads and raffle tickets all going toward charity and, and like without the, the support of our, uh, the fans and like the departments and, the, and the, our fellow members, like it wouldn't be nearly as successful as it is. So. Yeah. It, and it's uh Aside from great hockey, and I'm glad I get to watch it now because I, I've seen the documentary Rivalry City on YouTube. And for those listening, if you haven't watched it, you have to. Um, you know, I think they do a good job of digging into, you know, kind of that heart of the rivalry. But at the same time, it's it's 
for fun and for charity and for a good cause. Um, You know, and in the hockey, hockey isn't the only sport that does this. You know, you've got the the baseball teams, the the football teams, the the boxing matches every year. But for whatever reason in New York, the the hockey game seems to uh, take center stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't know what the reason is. I mean, I think it's um, <laughs> better yeah, organizers. Yeah, better organizers. Maybe, um, maybe that's something. Obviously, we get to play in these uh, these incredible arenas that uh, you know the fans love to show up to. So there's that. And then I think kind of like what we touched on earlier, like the the. Um, parallels between like the hockey locker room and the, and the firehouse. And I'm sure, you know, same thing with like the police department. Um, hockey is pretty unique in terms of that. And I think that the, the members of the, each department um, kind of, it resonates with them. So yeah, that's part of it too. So th- this year you had a pretty sweet mask. It, it was a uh, custom mask that was donated for the game to be raffled off. Uh, what, what did you think of that, that work of art? Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, they kind of, they had reached out uh, about a month in advance and kind of just for some ideas of what we could potentially put on the mask. And, you know, I was, listen, I was happy. Whatever they did, it was, it was good by me. I wasn't going to be picky, but yeah, the, the final product was just, uh, it was incredible. So it was the, you know, the shout out to Richter, obviously on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on each side, you had uh, pictures kind of uh, given uh, it's the due to 9-11 and, and the members that we lost um, on that day. So and then on the back, there was a, a little shout out to like Henrik Lundqvist with the mm-hmm. little the heart, heart of the USA. Um, and it was all thanks to the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation and, and uh, you know, the artist that did that up there. It's can't think of the name right now off the top of my head, uh, but I could definitely look it up and, and let you know who did it. And I think it was up in uh, up in Montreal. So, yeah, they did an unbelievable job. Yeah. Now, if I remember right from seeing some of the older photos of you, you wear uh, you don't wear a Bauer mask, uh, no. but th- this one was. You know, was there you know some getting used to a different mask uh, prior to that game, or were you just like, eh, mask is a master? They fit pretty much the same. Yeah, I kind of took that approach going in. Like, I, I wasn't, you know, obviously as a, as regular old goalies, we don't switch masks on a regular basis. <laughs> kind of, you get used to your mask, and it hopefully lasts multiple years uh, as long as it can. But I went with that mentality of just, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, I'll make it work. Just don't even think about it. And uh, I got it, I want to say, about a week before the actual game. So I got, like, three practices in with it. And it was pretty seamless uh, transition. Um, once I wore it, uh, a couple of practices, it really didn't even didn't even notice the difference. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't an issue, luckily. And even if it was, it would have gotten over it. You know, <laughs> play the game, figure it out. Yeah, it, it was like in Minnesota here when they made us wear a mask to skate during you know the height of COVID, and it's like, oh. By the end of the first skate, I, I had figured it out and, you know, made yeah. the adjustments I needed to. Did I like it? No, but I did what yeah. I had to. Yeah, um, exactly. So you said earlier you've been on the team for about eight years. How many of the games have you gotten to play in against the cops? Uh, this was my first one didn't go too well. <laughs> we lost by a goal, but I definitely uh, – couple that I, I mean still stay I still remember each goal right so a <laughs> uh, couple I would want it back um then see the next one I got the start in went much better I went up get MVP which is great but um that went to the shootout and then the one after that we ended up tying um it would have gone to a shootout but I think the Knicks were on right after us so we had to get <laughs> off the ice uh, oh no yeah, so we didn't get to, to finish that one up. So that finished in a tie. And then there was the one this year that obviously, you know, we got the win. So, uh, yeah, four games overall. And at least because of this year's game, you can, you know, now say you got a winning record against the cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So. so. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Sports Fantasy Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Remember, you must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, as we're working out the schedule to record, you know, you mentioned that you've been working a lot since the game because I, I think a lot of people just assume, you know, to play in the game and practice, you know, they just give you the time off. You get to go. But uh, I know that's not the case. You got to make trades. You got to get people to cover your time. And because they do that, you got to cover them on a different day that works for them. So it sounds like you've uh, been living at the firehouse quite a bit, the, you know, past few weeks since that game. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been pretty busy. And then we started right back up already this past week. We had like our first tryout. So kind of already back in, uh, in the mode of trying to bank tours so we can, so we can get off for any trips we might have coming up or any practices that might conflict with the schedule. Yeah. So that, and then, uh, you know, we, we do have a bunch of overtime going on. So you got to make sure that you're, you're, kind of carrying your own you're holding your own for the firehouse too so yep it's uh yeah it's been pretty busy and then uh now i got this trip for <laughs> out to arizona that i'm on right now uh for one of my wife's friend's weddings so well, kind of it, compacting, yeah compacting yeah. our four week schedule into three is uh it's been pretty non-stop but all good I'm sure being out in Arizona after all of that is kind of a nice little like, okay, I, I have a day or two to just kind of unwind and yeah. not think yeah. about the firehouse. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you just keep uh, winning the, these games every year, the, the guys at the firehouse will give you a little more slack and say, yeah, I'll, I'll make a trade with you. Just keep beating them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Some guys have thrown that out there, but even when I, when I, uh, didn't have the greatest performance my first year guys are still willing to help out so they could uh they could say whatever they want but i know what how they truly feel yeah they're gonna help out regardless just the way it is you mentioned you know tryouts are starting up i I remember my freshman year of college um we had 26 goalies trying out for six spots um you know how how many goalies do you guys have coming out on a typical year you know what's that competition like it's not nearly that crazy. That's uh, <laughs> I've never heard anything like that. Uh, but we usually have, I mean, we have a lot of guys that have been around for the last few years and we haven't had a ton of pro B classes coming out. Uh, obviously COVID threw another wrench into that. And, and prior to that, we had a, a little bit of a hiatus from hiring. So um, usually we'll have, like in a normal year, like six guys come out. But this year, I think it just snuck up on everyone. So it wasn't uh, a huge turnout for, for goalies. So, uh, and, yeah, normally six would be the number. And what do you guys carry in a typical season, three? We'll carry, yeah, usually three or four, um, just because you always obviously want to make schedule. sure that we get <laughs> – Yeah, the schedule. You want to make sure you got two at every practice and then um, – I mean, everyone, if you show up to practices on a regular basis, everyone's entitled to uh, make the trips that we, that we go on and um, which is pretty cool. So 
yeah, usually like four is the number that we, we carry. Nice. So you, you mentioned entitled to make the trip. So are these trips self-funded or uh, are, are there activities to help fundraise to offset those costs? Yeah, we do a uh, fundraising uh, throughout the year. A um, couple tournaments that we run as a, as a team is a roller hockey tournament. That's all different firehouses um, for the most part, get, get a team in there. And uh, that's coming up in about a month. And then usually in, like the springtime, uh, we have another uh, called King of the Ice where it's 96 firehouses, um, you know, all throughout the job that, that put a team in. And uh, we just have brackets and it's about a two-week tournament and, you know, last man standing, King of the Ice. So. Well, and of course, on the FDNY hockey website, people can, you know, buy apparel and stuff too. In fact, I've, I've got an old FDNY hockey jersey from about 20 years ago that mom and dad nice. ordered me off the site. So I'm nice. sure those things help, uh, help the team too. Yeah. That's, uh, the apparel that we have. I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten more and more popular and that's all thanks to Frank Hill who runs that. Um, he designs it all and sells it all. I mean, I think that he's, he might, he's like a little shop in his basement. I think he might make it too. He's, uh, he's unbelievable. And uh, he, he's a former uh, member of the team and he just stays involved uh, more than anyone else could expect. And he, he does a great job. So, Well, I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of time here because you're, on vacation after all. <laughs> um, and I end every episode with, with a list of 10, I, I still call them rapid fire questions, but they tend to take a little bit longer. So I'm trying to do better at asking them sooner in, in each episode. Uh, but before I get to them, uh, you know, one of the questions I want to ask is what's the like best memory from playing in these, you know, games or maybe not even the games but what's the you know best memory of being a member of the fdny hockey team um i mean on a, a personal level like the year that i that we won a shootout and you know i wound up getting mvp like it's hard to beat that from from a goalie's perspective right yeah we made the final save to clinch it um in the shootout which was just unreal it's something i'll never forget um but in terms of like, this past game, you know, the significance of it and the 20-year anniversary, 9-11, um, that was just so special. And, like, you know, people don't see it, but before the game we have all different families uh, come in and, you know, they're wishing us luck. Uh, you know, we, we give out a bunch of money to like, different charities, which is unbelievable. Um and a lot of the families, you know, they, they have loved ones that they lost in the line mm-hmm. of duty. So, you know, get and see them before the game. And then, you know, some of the other guests that we have come in the locker room, especially this year with Michael Ruggioni in there. Uh, we had a couple uh, military guys that won Medal of Honors. Like, it was just unbelievable to be in the presence of, you know, guys like that. So, yeah, it's just like this year was on another level in terms of the, uh, you know, enormity of the game. So that's, yeah. that, that's something I'll never forget too. As a goalie with all that stuff going on pregame, how do you stay focused and get ready for the game? Yeah, I would say, I mean, like we went over earlier, uh, my first year probably didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to. And I think that part of it was due to just how unique of an experience it is pregame. Um, you know, I was so used to kind of throwing my headphones in and like getting in the zone and just worrying about, you know, my own, my own routine. And now it's different. Now I just like, I'll, I'll throw my headphones in and I'll keep it a little more casual. And, and yeah, I think it's just taking it a little less serious and realize what, what you're really playing for, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, for those charities and, and, and for these, um, you know, remembering these families, uh, and the, the members that we've lost so it's definitely become a little less uh, stressful for the game and just just more taking it in and uh, enjoying it yeah that, that's awesome and you know as i alluded to i, I tuned into the game uh a because i love hockey and b because i like to see the fire department beat the police and i say <laughs> that and i apologize to the uh 
guests I'm going to have on the week after this episode, and that's going to be Mike, your police counterpart. So sorry, Mike, but I I was pulling for the fire department because of uh, family ties. But, uh, you know, on a personal level, as I mentioned, my dad was on Chicago, but uh, he was part of the contingent that the city of Chicago sent out to New York at 912. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very... It, it hits a lot closer to home because when dad called me, I, I remember that phone call. I, I was at college and had that double ring from off campus and that was pre cell phone, all that good stuff. So usually when mom and dad called you once a week, it was a 45 minute phone call. And I, I remember that phone call word for word. And it was, I'm going to New York tomorrow. So yeah, I know he goes, I don't know when or if I'll be back. Cause we didn't know what was yeah. going on. And yeah, th- that was about all the two of us could get out. And uh, so to, to see how the department has bounced back and supports each other and not just fire department with police department. I mean, that, that's one of those days where, you know, when, when we talk about nine 11, that that's when we talk about the family and the extended family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'm a whole, a whole yeah. lot of departments stepped up um, and, mm-hmm. and helped out a tremendous amount after, after the actual day. So, you know, it's yeah. something that you really, it makes you realize how, how incredible, uh, you know, first responders are and, and just the entire country is like that. So, yeah, my, my dad still talks about the, uh, the welders on how, how they, uh, yep. just, yep. they came out of the woodwork and they were coming on trucks and, you know, working arm in arm. And yeah, he, he's, uh, dad's got some stories that he, he shares every now and then. And my daughter came home from school today. She's a freshman in high school and they have a project for history class where they have to, uh, research an historical event and it has to be within 20 or 20 years or older. And she goes, Oh, it's just under the, under the wire. And she, she really wants to, um, you know, do her report on nine 11. In fact, I have, uh, the book report from nine 11, one of the best books I've ever read. She's read that thing cover to cover and she just awesome. want, wants to know more and be respectful of it. Uh, yeah, but sure. yeah. Sure. So to the list of 10 rapid fire questions, I ask the same questions to every guest. So I've asked <laughs> these questions to Bantam and high school goalies to, as an Islanders fan, Kelly Rudy, Eddie Belfour, guys like that. So everybody's been asked the same question. So the first one is what, <laughs> what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> You're a New Yorker. So I'm sure you've got to have some, some good ones. Is coaching. I mean, I, I was pretty lucky. I had some great coaches. <laughs> um, maybe more recent was uh, playing for the fire department. We we're playing a men's league game, and most teams, you know, are lucky to even have one goalie. We have two at like mm-hmm. a ten thirty p.m. game, and uh, I play the first half. I, I come out, and like team wasn't playing great, and the other guy goes in, and for whatever reason, our, our coach thought. <laughs> it'd be a good idea to put me back in like two minutes later. Like I was a changing on like a forward shift. I was, like, I was so confused, but uh, it worked out in the end. And once I got to know the coach a little better, I kind of understood where, where he was coming from. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't see that very often unless there's like an equipment issue or you're Ben Bishop in the finals and have to use the bathroom. No, like the other goalie, I don't think gave up a goal like while he was in there. So it wasn't like, I had to go back in because we were, you know, just falling apart. It's just, it was like a quick change. It's like a forward shift. And that was it. So Look, that's one of those where you, you just, you do what you're told, right? That's it. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so what is your favorite all-time goalie mask? Um, is it Gary Cheevers? The one with the, the stitches? Is yeah. That who, that's who it was, right? That was, uh, I kind of had that a bit of a replica. Um, version of it when I was like playing for uh, University of Delaware I loved that thing and yeah that original was just so cool and so uh, I don't know if we can curse but you know bad bad uh it was a bad helmet so yeah absolutely um what's your favorite rink that you've played at and I mean you played at some pretty pretty sweet ones that most of us don't get to play at yeah yeah for sure I mean obviously the garden is unbelievable um on a little bit of a lower scale. Uh, when I was playing for, let's see, when I was younger, it was always fun to kind of go up and play where uh, Providence College plays. That was always, I loved that rink. 
Um, playing at the Yale Whale in Connecticut was pretty cool, you know, with that design. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was in college playing for Delaware, we played Liberty. And that place was just on another level in terms of like the fans and, and <laughs> how crazy they would get. And I don't know. I guess it was just the environment of that campus. Like that was the their one place where they could have like a release and uh <laughs> and blow off some steam and and that's what they that's exactly what they did they'd be hanging over the railings like right on top of the bench and right behind the net yelling crazy stuff so that was <laughs> interesting too so yeah you'll have to ask uh jimmy about this rink uh, that we played at in college it was uh gustavus adolphus and the the way the rink is set up is the stands start like right above the glass so they had to put a spit guard over the visiting team's, uh, not their their bench, but the penalty box. Because when somebody was sent to the box, <laughs> they would be throwing liquids at them. You know, chew cups would be thrown at them. So they had to put an actual, but it was funny because they'd only put it up for men's games. The women's games, they didn't have to put it up. They were a little tamer at the women's games, but they had this. So. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, why don't you just leave it on full time? But they, it was like almost a pregame ritual where they'd bring the spit guard out and put it on with the fans yeah. already. It was like, th- that that's was wild. one of them that uh, I always enjoyed. Uh, yeah, fortunately, they don't have to do that at the garden. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So next question, what's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Favorite stick? Yeah. Oh man. Um, I mean, they just keep getting better and better, right? So <laughs> I just started using the, uh, the. I like the Warriors currently, mm-hmm. and uh, I just got that really expensive one that I had to take a mortgage out to buy. <laughs> uh, I think it's the Pro S Plus. Is that what it is? Something like that. I think and, so. And it's just so light, and um, I like the shape of it and all that. But back in the day, I remember, you know, I would always, I like the uh, CCM stick that, that had the flurry curve um, mm-hmm. when I was like around the senior year. Uh, before that, the, the Featherlight Sherwoods with the, uh, I think it was the Jot, uh, Jose Theodore curve. Yeah. Like, that was my go-to, the, the heel curve. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the three that kind of stand out that I kind of use consistently. I, I'm still a... Uh foam core holdout so I, I don't have to take a mortgage out for new sticks yet but i know it's coming so they're getting harder <laughs> nice. and harder to find to the point that the prices are going up on them because they're becoming harder and harder to find yeah absolutely it's uh it's kind of crazy but you know for so like, for a younger goalie like you really i don't think you need to be spending a crazy amount on sticks but like no uh once you get that in your hand and you realize how light they are, it's hard to get away from. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can play with the stick that light because the first stick I owned, because I had a few association sticks, old uh, Vicks, but the first one I owned was a Titan. And that thing was the heaviest stick I've ever had. Yeah. And so I just got used to heavy six because I went to Christian, which we're still known for being heavy. And it's like, nice. I, I, uh, I don't Christian, know if I can I love use the, the light ones. Yeah. Yeah, with that like uh, that material on the paddle, that was the best. Well, and I, I've always asked people when they say they had a Christian, how often did you have to put wood glue in the heel of that uh, yeah, yeah. stick and then put it in the vice overnight just to repair it because you know you didn't <laughs> want splitting. it to break. Yeah, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. I I always joke. I said if, if you never did that, then you didn't actually own a Christian goalie stick. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what's your favorite youth hockey memory? Um, man. It was always like youth hockey was just such a big part of, you know, my childhood and obviously most uh, hockey players' childhoods. Um, so there were definitely a lot to choose from, but we won states when I was a squirt. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget that. I mean, I was still pretty young at the time. So unfortunately, that was kind of almost like the peak of my uh youth travel hockey but it was i mean you know winning anything like that big you feel like at the time like you won the cup so yeah uh that was unbelievable uh when i was a little bit older uh my last my senior year we made a good run to the states and um we lost in the finals one nothing unfortunately oh. um i still 
to this day question whether the goal actually crossed the line. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's another one that definitely sticks in the memory. So the next question, what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, in the locker room, <laughs> directed at you, not directed at you? Uh, what's this podcast rated? Is it PG or, or it, 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 it It's what we want it to be. <laughs> I mean, I got one that, that I heard when we were out in Vail, um, like two years ago. And I don't think it's appropriate for the podcast, so, but you tell me how far you want to push it. Because what I tell you, it's like, it was like a chirp that was pretty raunchy. <laughs> so you tell me whether you want me to pull the trigger. <laughs> I, I think I want to hear that one when uh, we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably, yeah probably better off i don't want to get in, in any trouble um <laughs> man other than that i don't know like I, I guess i don't pay too much attention like to that stuff and uh try to keep it uh keep all that blocked out as best as possible but yeah this one was is tough to forget so i'll never forget this one that i'll tell you at a later date but yeah. um I'm trying to think of one i could tell you uh I don't even know. I got nothing for you. I don't know. I'm not a very good trash talker, and I guess it's because I don't pay attention to it too much. <laughs> I think sometimes the, the on-ice chirps are pretty good, but it's usually the ones in the locker room that are uh, even better <laughs> because oh, yeah. they're, they're much more personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They, I know they we, had, uh, we have some fun on the FDNY team, and, uh, you know, one guy – one guy got caught after we won uh we won gold at the World Police and Fire Games out in LA and one guy uh somehow found a, a tweet that uh one of the players' mothers put out there about how proud she was about her son and like him with the gold medal in his mouth and that turned into a t shirt pretty quick. So <laughs> <laughs> um now being on the fire department there's not just the chirps back and forth between teammates, but I know there's the back and forth between guys on the engine versus guys on the truck. And then you got the squad guys who think they're, you know, God, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that you got the, that level of it too, not to mention what borough you're working in. Cause it's like, Oh, are, are you working out of a retirement home or are you actually working? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. It's always stuff going back and forth engine truck, uh, you know, whether it's about cooking or, or, you know, what they actually do at, at, at jobs. Uh, I'm in the truck. So, you know, we obviously have the most important job there is. And, uh, you know, the engine, you know, if they weren't there, we'd probably, we'd figure it out. But, you know, fortunately, <laughs> uh, we all do work as a team. So overall, yeah. it, it, uh, I think maybe both are necessary in the end. Yeah, we always joke when we drive around town with my dad and we'll go, oh, yeah, you guys saved that that parking lot there. You guys yeah. created that parking lot. That foundation, yeah. that, that one was saved. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so what's the worst post-game beer you've had? Um, oh, worst post-game beer? Yeah. Uh, I'm not too picky. I mean, it depends if we won or lost, right? <laughs> that's what right. it comes down to uh, that is, is it cold so um, that's an interesting question worst posting beer okay I mean I, I, I kind of I'm not a huge fan of uh, like Miller Miller so like a warm <laughs> Miller is probably like my nightmare after a loss right there so yeah <laughs> But other than that, I mean, we've, we've been pr- I've been pretty fortunate to have, have cold ones that uh, that get the job done. So yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. If it's cold, right after a skate, it's usually going to hit the spot, even yeah. if it's not yeah. something I would normally drink. And I usually like a good dark beer. But I, I was filling in for a team uh, about a year or two ago, and somebody offered me a stout before the game. I was like, "Are you?" crazy like as a first of all as a goalie no I, I don't need a big heavy beer with a you know 10 percent abv i yeah. want to see one puck and i was like and you shouldn't be drinking one either before a game come on yeah. and they're like oh, yeah yeah maybe you have a point yeah some guys are better with it though right <laughs> yeah yeah uh so when you tape your stick do you go heel the toe or toe to heel i go heel the toe 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, for a while there, I went toe to heel, and uh, I'm not really sure why. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad I went back to heel to toe. I, I've asked that uh, question of every guy I've had on the podcast, but two different ones uh, said whoever goes toe to heel is a psychopath. I was like, whoa, that, that, that's a little heavy. <laughs> but uh, the fact that more than one person said that, there's got to be some truth there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm really glad to switch back. Yeah. So what's your favorite number to wear and why? Uh, I wear 31, um, you know, whenever I can. Um, basically just a shout out to Billy Smith, uh, obviously legendary honor goalie. Really didn't get seen. You know, stories in the old game film that I've gotten to see and, and the stories I've gotten to hear just sounds like, um, like I've kind of always modeled my game after him, like, right. Battling Billy, uh, you know, he was tough and unfazed and always stepped it up in the playoffs. So it's, uh, he's always been my, uh, uh, 31 has been my go-to number. Now, if uh, Jimmy would have gone into Billy Smith the way he did Mike, I, I think he would have fared a little bit differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so, right? Yeah. yeah. So being a fan of Billy Smith and an Islanders fan, have you played in any of the games at Nassau County Coliseum? Yeah. Um, I, I dressed my first year was the last game that was at the Coliseum. Okay. Um, so I dressed for that game, but I didn't get uh, to play in like actual action. Um, I did play at the Coliseum for like a, uh, a high school hockey game okay. um, when I was younger. So that was uh, that was cool. But I mean, all the, the stories that I'm sure you've heard about the Coliseum, uh, they hold true. It's not. Yeah. It's uh, it's special in its in its own way, but it's definitely not like. Uh, one for luxury that's for sure <laughs> yeah it, it's special in its own way but nobody's really gonna miss it when it's gone <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I don't know if you ever got to see a game there but uh, no it's definitely true about the sight lines being i mean there really wasn't like a bad seat in the entire uh, arena so that's something that i think uh, these new arenas are are getting away from that mm-hmm is understandable but i mean this one like the luxury boxes were high up there so all the seats were low down so it was like you're right on top of the action no matter where you were yeah i remember the old chicago stadium if you were in the upper balcony i mean you were almost directly right over the ice and it was just yeah you can't compare that with the new rinks and if you ever look at a side-by-side picture of the old chicago stadium and the new united center when it was being built united center looks like it's about four times bigger but it only has you know maybe three four thousand more seats you know you'd think it'd be that much bigger no they just spread it out um yeah and those box the boxes are uh right the luxury boxes are they're they're big money maker right yep yeah Yeah, that's their focus now so yeah and then i mean there's got to be an engineer out there that can figure out a way to cantilever the stands over the luxury boxes and make it cool but hasn't happened yet have you been uh have you been in the garden since they did the renovation there? No, I have not been to New York um, yet. Okay. <laughs> we're we're uh, we're planning a trip. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, they do have like the bridge um, that it, it's kind of like what you're saying. You're almost like over the ice, so yeah, that's all the way up top and like the way that they have it set up. It, it's a pretty cool angle. So nice. They did a good job there. Yeah. Nice. So the last question, what advice do you have for young goaltenders? Um, I would say don't take it too serious. Like I, I think that when I was younger, I almost um, took it too serious. And, um, you know, my pregame routine was, was the end all be all. And like, uh, which kind of got me, you know, for the most part, it always go well. And I feel like I, you know, have a pretty good warm up, a good game. But, like, if anything gets thrown off, it almost, like, rattles you to the point that, like, maybe you feel like, you, like you're doomed now, right? So mm-hmm. just try to take it a little less serious and, like, realize that even though, you know, our position is um, so unique in terms of, you know, one mistake and everyone sees it and, uh, you know, you really want to be dialed in as much as you can, I think it, it, you're still better off, like, just taking it a little more lightly and, and um, 
I think that'll help because you're going to go goals, right? It'll make yep. it a little bit easier to move on and, and, um, and put the, put any goal in the rear view mirror and, and go to the next one. So. I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso yet, but in, you know, one of the things he talks about is, you know, he asks somebody, what, what's the happiest animal in the world? And they go, I don't know. What is it? He goes, it's the goldfish. Cause they have a 10 second memory. And, uh, and it was after somebody, you know, made a mistake out on the soccer field and he goes, be a goldfish. And it was funny because of my last beer league game, let in a goal that, um, it happened to bounce off of me. I'm like, you know, son of a gun. And I was like, yeah. be a goldfish, be a gold. And it was like, it's just yeah. to your point, you know, don't take it so seriously, have that short memory and just remember why you're out there to have fun. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And, um, I mean, I, I think, uh, if anyone can learn anything, uh, Mark Andre Fleury's like the opinion of that, right? So yeah, exactly. He's, he's been pretty successful. <laughs> As a Blackhawks fan, I am so excited to see him uh, play for the Hawks this year. And uh, first of all, his equipment looks amazing with that Hawks yeah. uniform. Uh, yeah. I I was wondering what his mask would look like now that things are a little more um, PC. Right. Uh, I. I, I wish I could see some of the other versions that his mask painter came up with that he said were, were ixnayed by the team. Cause I, I'm yeah. sure that they had some personality to them. That would be cool. I'm sure there, there'll be something that can be released, you know, whether it's uh, you know, one of these Instagram accounts that has an insider. You know? Yeah. At, at some point in time, it, it's going to be out there, but uh, yep. Kurt, it's been uh, really fun talking to you. Um, normally, I ask people where, where they can find you on social media, but uh, I know you're really not out, out there, so <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> yeah, not going to send people. Out, huh? Yeah, we're, we're not going to send people looking. In fact, I, I found Mike because he and I are in a uh, Facebook goalie group together, and I just oh, did, no a search, did a search of the uh, members, and sure enough, he showed up, and you didn't, and uh, yeah. then I reached out to Jimmy. But uh, I'll also put in the show notes, you know, links to the FDNY social media uh, and, and they can follow you in a roundabout way that way. Um, but uh, th- thanks for joining me. It is fun talking to you. As, as I said, next week, I'm going to have Mike on. So it's nice. going to be fun to get both sides of the story on the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, Mike's a great guy. And, uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation too. I think he's a little, uh, more uh, even even better at speaking than I am, so I think you might enjoy it a little bit more. <laughs> uh, I've known him now. You know, he, he's been there goalie since I started with the team, so eight years now. Um, you know, I definitely learned a lot watching him, and um, you know, I, I hopefully we can keep doing battle going forward. But I've got a tremendous amount of respect for him, and, and uh, other than the job that he does outside the uh, arena, so. Hey, not everybody can pass the fire exam. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but um, (laughs) that's a good one. Um, Yeah, and the social media stuff, it's just not my thing, so. Yeah. (laughs) You know. I I wish it wasn't mine, but I work in marketing, so it has to. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. um, Yeah. I know I I, I coach goalies on the side, and it's like, I got an Instagram account, and, like, these guys want to, like, these kids, like, 10 years old want to follow me, and it's just like, eh. (laughs) <laughs> hey, yeah. let's just keep it at the rank boys <laughs> yeah I, I i have a very strict rule at work where i do not connect with any of my coworkers until i'm no longer at that job or they're no longer at the job and then it's like yeah, yeah maybe maybe we'll maybe i'll consider it <laughs> yeah yeah there you uh, go yeah but uh thanks again mike I, I know you're uh on vacation of sorts right now uh so thanks for taking time out to chat with me and uh you know Congratulations on this year's win and good luck in future years. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Yeah, had a good time, man. Thanks for having me on. It was fun talking to Kurt. He isn't an easy fellow to track down due to his low profile on social media, but luckily my old teammate Jimmy Becker helped us connect, and for that I am thankful. I'm glad Kurt and I were able to find time in our schedules to connect as well. Visit fdnyhockey.org to support the hockey team by buying some of their awesome merchandise. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. 
If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. The show is hosted by Nick Jones and other co-hosts as they arrive. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Not Another Leafs podcast, the Devil's State of Mind podcast, and the Blackhawks on Ice podcast are all available. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you are a band who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part to help others find Tendy Talk. So until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck. You got picked last for every game. Nobody ever knew your name. You close your eyes and dream of change. And then one day on TV, you watched the game.